Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Uninformed Podcast, a truly unbelievable podcast. I got with me my homies, Jared. What's up, homie? Tish. Hey, bro, what's up? And Ethan. What's up, homie? Since you all asked me what's up, I will give you an answer. Not much. Nice. I was absent the last couple weeks of uh, filming, so thank you guys for holding down the fort without me. Got to spend a little vacation time with the wife and baby, so that is always nice. But now, we're back to real life. Vacation's nice, everybody loves to get away, but ultimately it comes to an end, and then we're back in the real world. Kind of what we're going to talk about today a little bit, the world. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. All right, guys. Yeah. Pay attention to what I'm about to tell you, okay? Because there's going to be a test, uh, and you're going to have to recall this info at the end, okay? Okay. All right. <gasps> oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, All right. no. If you guys oh, want to save the future of the earth, and who doesn't want to do that, right? Not me. Not me. Oh, you don't want to? No, screw it. Oh, but you live in the earth or on the earth. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. No more Remy. Oh, I can't have that. can't have that. All right. So what Ooh. if I told you guys that in your home or wherever you reside, all you had to do was switch to LED lights? Boom, done. Already done. LED? Sa- I'm saving the earth already. Well, all right, I'll yeah. do it. What? All right, so yeah. uh, Ethan, you can go ahead and hop off the call uh, since you're already <laughs> uh, on board with this, but... Um, Just remember that, specifically for you, Zach, uh, in light of some of the stuff you've said on previous episodes, I want you to consider eating local. Mm, Okay, okay. All right. Eating local. Okay, so. Don't forget those two things. They're very important, all right? LED and local. Gotcha. Stuck in the brain. All right, I'm going to read some things to you guys. Give me your your emotions as you read these, or or as I read them, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Volcano erupts in Iceland after weeks of earthquakes. Whoa, Uh, huge. Natural disaster. Terrified tourists flee erupting New Zealand volcano that killed 22 in never-before-seen video. Ah, Wow. Scary. World star hip-hop. Iceland volcano erupts for third time in three years. Global warming. Explosive. That is explosive, Tish. <laughs> Much of Maryland under drought watch. Eh. Wow. 93% of Wisconsin is in a drought. Madison in extreme drought. Madison's the capital of Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Um, I, feel, I feel sorry for her. Well, uh, tropical storm Calvin expected to become next eastern Pacific hurricane. These are horrible. <laughs> Oof. Jeez. <laughs> Possible Hawaii impact from first hurricane to enter Central Pacific. First hurricane, guys. Central Pacific going to impact Hawaii. That's crazy. Yeah, There's not enough on, energy that's, here. that's crazy. That's Don't crazy. Touch Hawaii. Guys, this is truly terrifying stuff. Cue the terrifying music. <laughs> Going international. India floods. Monsoon rain leaves 22 dead in North Delhi as wettest July day in decades. Wow. All right. A lot of headlines. You guys didn't seem to care that much, but that's okay because we will fill it with a ton of dun-dun-dun and Star Wars and Death March music as I read through those. Rain and sound effects and all of that. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, Those are real headlines over the last week or two. um, Wow. Oh, really? Wow. 
Yeah, those are real headlines that are happening. So crazy stuff going on in nature these days. Places are uh, on fire. Places are without water. There's tropical storms. Places that never got water are now being flooded. There's a ton of stuff going on. Sounds like the world's going to poop. Yeah. We've kind of lightly touched on this over the last couple months in various topics. But if you turn on the news, especially now with the uh, political campaign starting, you can see something about the global environment on pretty much any network that you're on. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah. You go on Twitter mm -hmm. and you see something about the environment and things like that. So... Um, those were very real headlines, and um, I got to be honest. When I was reading some of them, like one at a time, okay, that's that's kind of sad. But then you start looking, and you know, 13 hours ago you see this headline, 18 hours ago you see that headline, three days ago you see this headline. It's like there's a lot of weather events going on throughout the world that mm -hmm. are not they are atypical of what usually goes on. Yeah, sounds like that. Zach, would you agree? Atypical, typical. You think there's some crazy stuff going on? I, I agree. A little atypical. A little uh, with all the the pollution from Canada, from the wildfires. That was pretty insane. Um, are you hinting at a possible like weather instrument, weather device that humans have created to create these catastrophes? What? No, no. That's. <laughs> uh, I thought you're hinting at a conspiracy theory here. You're trying to tickle my brain. I thought here. <laughs> no. His brain went straight to the human man-made device to control oh, the weather. Dang it. Dang. Yeah. For nefarious reasons. Yeah, I did yeah, not exactly. do a lot of research on the little guy in Idaho who sits in his tower and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna make it a tornado today in Kansas." <laughs> so I did not oh, research dang. that too much. However, what I did research is that from the 1880 to now. How many years is that, Jared? 1880 to now. That is 243 years. You want to try again? <clears throat> Ethan, how many? That is 143 years. Oh! <laughs> I was just going to say it. Oh Good job, goodness. Ethan. Nice. Jared, you're so only a century off, my boy. Oh. Only a century off. All right. Only yeah, off by okay. a century. But anyway, still a long time. So right. since 1880, um, approximately every decade, the Earth's temperature has risen by 0.14 Fahrenheit or 0.08 Celsius, depending on which degree you use. So that ends up being about 2 degrees Fahrenheit in total. So you may think, oh, 2 degrees, not that much. Hmm. Well, for the entire planet and, you know, over a span of less than 150 years, who knows, you know, all of a sudden in uh, a 1,000 years, we're up almost 10 degrees, so... You know, it's a very real thing that has happened and has been documented that the Earth's temperature has been rising. Now, I know some of us here uh, have different beliefs and non-beliefs as far as climate change or whatnot, whether humans are involved or not. I'm strictly just talking about what the data says, and the data says that the Earth's temperature is rising. So going back way before 1880, going back approximately 500 million years, and this would be beneficial to Google, just... You know, Earth's temperature lasts 500 million years, and you'll see a chart. And the chart just kind of, it, it almost looks a little bit like a heart monitor, where it's kind of stagnant, goes up and down, and stagnant, up and down. So there does seem to be a little bit of a natural flow over time that the Earth does go through cycles of heat, and then cooling, and then heating, and then cooling. And um, one of the answers or reasons as to why our temperature may be rising it's just that it is we are hitting one of the upswings of the cycle where the earth's temperature will get uh 
hotter. Over the last eight hmm. years, specifically, the Earth's temperature has risen. So it's actually, uh, this is from the end of 2022. We are not through 2023 yet. So going through the end of 2022, uh, going back eight years, the temperature has been rising. Prior to that, it did kind of hold steady at anywhere from negative 0.2 to negative 0.4 degrees Celsius and now we're up above positive one degree Celsius. Uh, and that's been going up for the last eight years. So what are some of the things that could happen when global temperatures rise? Great question, Jared, thank you for asking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so higher temperatures, they can cause many, many kinds of effects uh, out there in the world. Um, a lot of them have to do with kind of the headlines I read you'll see uh, more natural disasters that include stronger storms, heat waves, floods, droughts, tropical storms, monsoons, extreme snow in certain parts of the world. Uh, when the earth changes, it's gonna increase the weather activities that are happening. Sound right, Ethan? Sounds right, man. Sounds like bad, bad news bears. Bad news bears. It is bad news bears, especially- Especially for the bears. <laughs> Right. And in this example, Sorry. if you're the bear that lives, you know, in Hawaii and now all of a sudden hurricanes could be happening, that's not something that your economy is set up for out there because it's not something you have to deal with. Kind of like down south in Texas, they don't have salt. So for those of us who live up north, when it gets colder, we uh, have salt that we salt the roads with to help prevent icing and melt snow down south they don't get snow so they don't need to store salt well if all of a sudden they start getting you know storms like winter storms and they're getting a bunch of snow down there that they aren't prepared for it's going to shut down their economy nobody's going to be able to go to work so it is kind of important to pay attention to what's going on with all of these crazy uh, weather anomalies so from there, that kind of leads us into carbon footprint. I need a volunteer. Ethan. Okay, Ethan, thanks for volunteering, buddy. What is yeah, a carbon footprint? Carbon footprint is what you personally use and output as your carbon usage. I, I thought it's when you take your foot, you step it in carbon. And yeah, you that too. Make your mark. That too, yeah. but it's all the carbon that you use versus all the carbon that you spend in everything, your day-to-day -day life, cars, energy, stuff like that products very good ethan and special shout out to zach our residential funny man on the show who always brings a comedic note when he speaks but ethan is exactly <laughs> correct there your carbon footprint is kind of the amount of greenhouse gases that can include carbon uh, methane emissions that an individual person or a group of people produce over the course of their life and this measures everything from a daily basis all the way to the end of your life so if you guys had to guess in the united states what is the average carbon footprint over one lifetime in tons tons of carbon yeah over one human lifetime yes what is the average Oof. carbon footprint over one human lifetime in the united states measured in units of tons sheesh two thousand that's a shot that i'm gonna say 130 as a total random 130 <laughs> no just 130 no idea all right i want to say like 500,000 tons. Zach, what are you doing in your spare time to go through half a million tons of carbon? 
I'm just burning gas when I'm not on the podcast. <laughs> he just has he just has a little gas engine. Just burn as much backyard. gas as I can. He just burns I'm it. destructive to the environment. I'm a wild man. Right. That's why it's been so smoky over here recently. He tears down <laughs> trees so he doesn't capture any carbon. Yeah. Ethan says the low mount, and I say the high right. mount. Everybody lay off. It's actually 16 tons. Okay, which means I was the closest. Yes. Still way off, yeah. but you were the closest. Now, yeah, in the U.S., true. we're a little bit higher. Uh, globally, the average carbon footprint is going to be closer to four tons. So in the U.S., each person roughly contributes about 12 tons more to the carbon footprint than outside of the U.S., you follow? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's actually cool websites out there. You can go and take a little test and like a survey and it'll tell you what your carbon footprint is, which is kind of cool. Just ask you some basic questions about your life, you know, what you do, how much you drive, things like that. And it will actually calculate um, what your uh, projected carbon footprint is, which I thought was kind of cool. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. So who, who, who here has the lowest one, you think? Jared's pointing to well, himself. I would say you drive a Tesla. Yeah, but it depends on where I get my electricity from. Yeah, that's true. I think it's safe to say nobody was thinking Zach. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I haven't been driving for a bit, so that's it could true. be me. Yeah, that's true, but you still buy products. Who buys more products? Because all those products take shipping and manufacturing. That uses carbon, Yes, obviously. it does. Yeah, I guess right. that's true. Excellent segue. As we said, the global average carbon footprint is four tons. And the and in Americans, a 16, you said? Yes. Yes. So nice. <laughs> wow. Four times, baby. Let's go. Four X, baby. Four X. So uh, the global average footprint should be, or we need to get to two tons if we want to be able to stop global rising temperatures below that uh, two degrees Celsius that I mentioned earlier. So in the U.S., that's everybody needs to cut off basically, you know, I, I don't know what the quick math would be, but like 85% of their carbon footprint needs to be no more. The rest of the world, they what? only have to cut their carbon footprint in half. So um, call your boss, tell them, you know, hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, can't come in, can't do it. I'm saving the environment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good excuse not to come to work. Yes. However, I don't know that your boss is going to buy it unless you work for an environmental firm, at which point they probably have public transportation and uh, Tesla uh, kickbacks and things like that for you. So everything all together, like I had said, weird weather phenomenon going on are carbon footprints globally and specifically here in the U.S. way higher than we need to be. Is there hope? Now, you guys see... Uh, yes. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to be a uh, Debbie Downer. I thought we had a gloomy group here. No, I, I have faith. I have faith that the scientists of the world can lead us in the direction to have a healthy, happy life. Yes. So, scientists can. However, there's not a magic fix for this. It's not everybody goes EV cars, boom, world saved. Uh, no. We all need to contribute a little bit more. Which takes me back to the original point when, Jared, I said what? Ooh, you said, remember this, because there will be a quiz. I did. Thank you. Two points, Jared. Oh, and what did I tell you to remember? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, do you want to phone a friend? Uh, yeah, uh, Zach. Uh, you- so one of the yep. things was yes. LED lights. If you use LED lights, you save the yeah, environment. exactly, Zach. Using LED yep. can save 
the environment. Most people don't like LED lights. For those of you unfamiliar, most people think LED, those super bright like car headlights that are driving behind you that you can't see, those are LED lights, but they make warm LED lights. I have a couple in my house um, and they don't look like your typical LED, but they just are an LED light, but they're still like a yellowish warm look. So it's not like I'm being blinded. I don't know if you would know, Ethan, you're a pretty smart guy. Do you know anything about LED lights? What separates them from normal lights? It's interesting that you say that. I do have a master's degree, and for my master's thesis, I did do LED lights. Uh, well, part of it <laughs> was visible light communication, so I do know a thing or two. But yes, you are right, Jonah. There is a spectrum. Most people think that, yes, like you said, that LED lights are garish, very bright, bluish in tone, but that is a misconception. Of course, there is a spectrum from warm to cool, and the same thing with fluorescent lights, same thing with incandescent lights. Um, but LEDs even have more control. You can get, uh, on the warm side, you get slightly yellowish hues. On the cool side, you can get slightly bluish hues. That depends on what kind of lights you want in your house. And then additionally, you can control the brightness. So the brightness and color are both controllable with LEDs, and they're efficient. So they're better in every way than incandescents. Very enlightening. See what I did there? Enlightening. Ah. Whoa. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Very good. Uh, thank you, Ethan. All my lights are LEDs here because they save you money. Yes. So, true. So they do. I don't see why not. They save you money. They look cool and they'll help you save the environment. So there's really no reason you guys shouldn't be leaving directly after the podcast to go to your nearest convenience store and buy a bunch of LED lights. Like buy a bunch of them, stock up on them in case something happens. Uh, you don't want to be caught in the dark. And I mean like a bunch, like buy like a hundred of them, store them down in your basement. A uh, <laughs> hundred. Yeah. Uh, so so go ahead. the reason why LED lights are good for the environment and they cost less, is it because they use less energy? It's, is that the and reason? Ethan may be able to speak more to this, as I did not know he uh, what, what a doctorate in LED lighting. Mm. That's, that's what <laughs> you're just a, just a master's. Oh, just a just master's. The, master's. Um, yeah. the LED lights are more energy efficient. So, yeah, they, more energy efficient. They okay. produce the smallest amount of carbon out of all the the light sources out there, and worldwide, um, mm -hmm. the energy required for lighting is roughly 5% of the total greenhouse gas emissions. So you may think 5%, okay, not that oh, gosh, much. Yeah. But, you know, we need to make a bunch of lintel changes. If you're at a four, four ton carbon footprint and you only need to cut it in half, you know, doing switching lights is one tiny way that you can make an impact without really having to, you know, think about it or really change your life in any way. You know, 5% is right. not, not that big but worldwide or at least in a lot of countries out there um, they do have lighting in houses public buildings street lights lights are everywhere if you've ever seen cool photos of, of big cities at night just how many lights are there if they were all LED lights they'd be saving um, a lot of energy and greenhouse gas emissions they are they are yeah uh, all uh, the city lights are all they're all LED for street lights you need fluorescence because they're just more powerful, but yeah, uh, most most all LED lights or most lights are LED now. But yeah, t Tish, they just use less current for the same luminous output. You use less current with an LED just because the the you know they're ninety some percent efficient, meaning ninety percent of that energy that goes into it is converted to light energy. Whereas an incandescent light, which is your typical Thomas Edison bulbs, you know, where only mm -hmm. twenty, maybe, I think it's like ten percent of the energy going in goes to light energy the rest of it goes to heat energy so you're wasting 90 percent oh. of that energy 
And so you can use less energy going in, and then, of course, yeah, less energy means less carbon footprint. Gotcha. That, that, that only sense. pertains if you get your energy source from a, uh, a carbon-emitting energy source, whereas if, you get your, if your, uh, your home is self-sufficient with wind or solar, then it doesn't matter what you use because yeah. the energy be source is... Yeah, because then they be powered off alternative, alternative energy yeah. sources. So, yes, good, uh, good mm -hmm. differentiation there, Ethan, and thank you for the input. Um, but in a nutshell, that's how switching to LED lights can help us save the world. Now, Zach, I know what you're thinking, because you're always thinking this. Gee, Jonah, that's a great idea, but I'm sure there's more I could be doing. I'm such a giving person. And I would say, yes, Zach, there is. So I am going to hit you with a bunch of other uh, ideas that you could take into your daily life, other ways to help uh, decrease your carbon footprint imprint makes sense all right zach and i think you've yeah. been doing this lately for reasons not totally in your control but carpool with friends and co-workers to work good job yeah zach. yeah way to go zach fun fun uh, time yeah you know combined trips obviously basically anytime you're in a, a car or a vehicle that's run on you know fuel um, or gasoline if you're going with somebody it doesn't make sense for you both to drive to the place separately just you know meet somewhere mm -hmm. close and then go um, if you live in a major city, cycling, mm. walking, public transportation, you know, on a bus, you get 30 people on a bus as opposed to 30 individual cars out there. That's going to help cut down. Um, ironically or not, your tire pressure can influence your carbon imprint. The more efficient your tire works, the, the more efficient your car is going to go, the better gas mileage you're going to get. So that's basically that in a nutshell. Um, if you have one tire that's overinflated, two that are underinflated, one that's average, the wheels aren't spinning at the same rate. Therefore, you know, some it's having to work harder in certain places. So if you have a tire that's lower, it, the tire squishes more and that tire absorbs energy every time it rotates. Whereas if you have it rock hard, kind of like my PP, it doesn't squish as much. And therefore the tires not absorbing that energy. So you, you want to pump those bad boys up really high. Yeah, but could they pop if they're too high though? Not at the, not at the PSIs you'd be running them, Tish. You could, of course, if you have... But he, Go for 100 PSI. They're at yeah. too high of a PSI Zach, if they exceed the limit. Zach just they asked, pop? Is, he basically asked, well, how much air do I have to put in them for them to pop? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it says on the tire, it says like yeah. 60 PSI. It depends yes. on yeah. the tire. It's, but, um, yeah. Right, but that it's again, you're not going to pop it unless you're over, over 100 yeah. PSI. But yeah, you're, yeah, you're probably, Tish, you're running okay, at probably yeah. 30, right? Yeah, probably. Whereas my car yeah. runs it at 46. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my truck runs at 40. But no, that yeah. great insight. You know, you learn something new every day. That's a cool fact I'll take with me that uh, I did not know. Um, Zach, do you remember there was something I specifically called you out for in the beginning, told you to remember? Uh, the other yes. thing was local. What about local? Um, eating local. Yeah. Eating um, local, I think it was yes. eating local. What does or, eat local yep, mean to yep. you, buddy? Eating local means eating with uh, at small businesses, not traveling far and wide for your meals. Um, um, eating at farms, maybe, uh, local farms. Zach, I'll be honest. This is the first time in 100 episodes I've been impressed by you. That was an excellent answer. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought for sure you Thanks. were going to say, well, it means call your, uh, the closest Little Caesars to you. Um, no. Don't drive downtown when there's a taco stand right by your house. But, yes, exactly. Uh, eating yeah. local, um, th that's big. Food's one of those things, and we had touched on this also before, but people don't really think about food other than what am I going to eat, what am I going to make, where do I want to eat. 
But most places, restaurants, big box stores that sell groceries, they get their food imported. And oftentimes it's imported from other states, other countries, because it's cheaper for them. They can sell it at a lower price, so more people will come there and buy it and still make a profit on it versus buying from your local farm who maybe charges you a dollar more, you have to charge the public a dollar more, and the public's not gonna pay that. It's really, if you just kind of step back and think about it for a second, um, I mean, I, oranges are notorious for being from Florida, right? Like Georgia, Georgia peaches, mm -hmm. like that's just kind of where the good ones are from. But they have to cultivate the peaches in Georgia, then either fly them up or put them on a boat or put them in trucks, drive them up here. Uh, though that's carbon emissions right there to drive them up here and then we drive to the store to get them we drive home whereas if we go local you're driving a shorter distance you're buying it from a local farm shorter distance um, and it's just good for your own local economy as well uh, but on average food travels roughly 1500 miles uh, in before it reaches your plate. That's pretty that's, far. Yeah. The, yeah. the coast to coast US is roughly 3,000 miles. So that's basically going halfway across the US anytime, uh, you know, food's on your plate. Chicken, uh, steak, a mushroom burger, fries, you know, a salad, whatever it is. So those are all ways to kind of decrease your carbon footprint. Um, a lot of them eating, eating green plants as well. But um, that kind of brings me to the end here. There's just a lot of lo uh, little things that people can do in their daily lives that will help reduce carbon footprint. And when you think back to some of the weather stories and the rising global trends of weather and heat across the U.S., um, you know, who really knows what's going to happen, but there's a lot of predictive models out there about what, what will happen if we don't figure out a way to combat global rising temperatures everybody could do their part to pitch in a little bit and that is how switching to led lights can save the world yay Woo! boom wow you've been enlightened any closing thoughts arguments agreements constructive compliments yeah you don't have to eat at a farm there are plenty of re local restaurants that use yeah yeah, yeah. small businesses well i said i mean i was farm. giving you an idea i said farm no. local farm or small businesses where where are you gonna find? No, you gonna I don't know. I meant like dish? you know from when it started, like the farm, and then it goes to obviously it goes to the the, the restaurant that buys the products. You know, like how uh, Jonah was saying, less travel it would make the whole impact for the carbon footprint less. Yeah. So I know for a fact you guys don't support local, especially Tish. There's no way you support local business. You don't go to farmers markets because it's more expensive. Whoa. I will say I do go to farmers markets. Yeah, yeah, Jenna, I don't I'll go there. Enough, I, went, so I would go. I would go with my mom growing up, and me and my wife have gone. Um, you know, especially more more so with my wife. Sorry, mom. A little bit more fun with uh, my wife when I go. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just fun. You meet local farmers, and if you've ever seen like local produce compared to produce that you would buy in a store, there actually is kind of a difference. Like I honestly think it yeah. tastes better. Oftentimes, they're fuller. Um, they don't they uh, deteriorate faster um, so you don't need to buy as much because it will go bad but you know less preservatives in it so I, I like it it's a fun little experience I think most you know if you're going on a date it could be a fun I probably wouldn't do it as a first date but early on go to the local farmers market and then play some cornhole afterwards or something but true yeah, yeah so. cornhole Jonah you, you seem like a big organic guy whenever something says organic and it costs twice as much <laughs> Jonah's the guy that'll buy it you guys want a little tip from <laughs> the, 
insider. That's not the produce insider. All right, so yeah. whenever yeah, that's right. Our our local Tish used to work at a produce. I a have yeah. I used to work in produce, produce for a section. bit. So um, whenever they have a green wall, so your lettuces, your uh, arugula, your uh, bok choy, all that arugula. stuff that sits on the green wall. So it gets sprayed every so often uh, at certain intervals. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like half hour, every half yeah. hour, every hour, or something like that. Um, so whenever you pick it off, make sure you shake it because that food gets weighed by the pound. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, so, you're paying for interesting. Water. Yeah. So if you do, if you buy from a local farmer's market, chances are they're not going to do. They're not going to have the same procedure as a superstore would or a grocery store. So yeah, and it's probably even fresher as well. Yeah. And and also Tish, I did tease you a minute ago, but now that I'm thinking about it, the last time I was at a farmers market was with you. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, the last two times because the wow. one we went we went down, we visited Mike, and then the other time here with uh, your girl and my girl. At That's that, funny. Uh, so never mind, take it back. We. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this is as good a point as any to end it. Thank you all for listening. Remember to go out there and leave a broccoli emoji on all of our social media so let us know you listen to us. Five-star reviews on Spotify and other podcast pages are definitely appreciated. Thank you all for listening. Do your part. Save the environment. Until next time, peace out. Peace. Let us leave. Beans. If you want to Talk dance to tomatoes... tomatoes. If a squash can make